it's Chris Wendelkin, and this is On The Line, uh, my podcast where I talk all things NBA. Uh, we talk some NBA deep dives, news from around the league. We do some some drafts. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. I'm on Instagram. You can find me there. Uh, you have any NBA questions, you have a fantasy basketball draft coming up, you're, you're terrified about your team's prospects, you can always email me if that's your thing at onthelinepod at gmail.com. Last, if you could do me a favor, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. The NBA season is incredibly under two weeks away, um, so leave me a review. If you like the show, uh, I put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this. Uh, you know, Leave me a five-star review, say something nice. I really, uh, I really appreciate it. All right, welcome back on the line. This is episode number 31. Incredibly, hope you guys had a great fall weekend. Are you watching the uh, the Yanks and the Sox there? I, uh, I hope you're getting ready. Hope you're getting amped up for some NBA hoops. So I'm going to hit pause for a minute on the, uh, the Allen Iverson series. It is... Uh, God, Ben and I are having so much freaking fun with that. It's, I, it's probably the most... <laughs> it's probably the most selfish... I mean, it's, it's one of the most like creatively selfish and satisfying things, uh, I've done in a while. So I I hope you guys are enjoying that, but we're going to hit pause just for a second on that. It's a massive sprawling undertaking and there's going to be plenty to unpack and for you guys to enjoy listening to. So, um, you know, like I said, Ben and I are having so much fun tripping down memory lane, but you know, what's also fun, real life modern day NBA basketball talk. So so here we are. We're back. We're going to do a preview today of the Eastern Conference with my buddy Lucas Kavner. Quick note, um, Lucas was on a tight schedule. Uh, he had to run to a work thing, so we couldn't cover every team in the East. Uh, so hang in there. But we got to all the heavy hitters. We, we covered all the teams that made last year's playoffs. Um, so I promise to give lots of love and attention to the younger, smaller, more developing teams as the season uh, gets into gear. And by younger, more developing teams, I, you know, I'm of course talking about my lowly New York Knicks and the likes of the Brooklyn Nets and the Chicago Bulls and the Orlando Magics and 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 the Atlanta Hawks of the world. And uh, yeah, even the Hornets and the Pistons. I'm looking at you guys too. Uh, anyways, so without further ado, enough blabbing. Here is my conversation with the one, the only, Lucas Kaffner. Dude. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. What's going on? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. How's NYC? NYC's the best, baby. NYC's the best. Uh, things are good, man. Yeah. Fall weather, all that crap. You know, we're getting ready for the NBA season. And uh, things are good, man. Things are real good. NBA. Yeah, baby. Here. Yeah. So here's what I want to do. I want to preview the Eastern Conference. So I want to go through the Eastern Conference, beginning with the teams that made the playoffs last year. So like the teams one through eight, and then we'll quickly kind of recap what happened with them last year and then how they changed it up in the off season, and then any like potential challenges they might face in the coming year. And then right. like what we can like reasonably expect for them. And again, I know we're not going to be able to cover everything in 30 minutes. So we'll just, I want to start with the heavy hitters at the top and, um, and then we'll work out our way towards the bottom of the conference. Beautiful. All right. So let's start, let's start at the top of the conference. So last year, the, the Toronto Raptors finished in the first seed. They finished 59 and 23. 
And just like a quick recap of what happened with them in the offseason. So basically, the Raptors finished in, in first place. They were 59-23, best regular season record in the conference in, in five years. And they were top They were top five in both offensive and defensive efficiency. But like always, you know, come the postseason, the Raptors, oh, like always, you know, they turn into a pumpkin. And they got, yep. they got swept at the hand of LeBron James and the Cavs in the second round. So after three straight years of playoff exits to the Cavs, the Raps decide to change it up. They fire Coach of the Year Dwayne Casey, and they replace him with assistant coach Nick Nurse, and they trade off DeMar DeRozan, who's basically like, you know, the ambassador of Toronto, like the, uh, you know, like everyone's favorite person in Toronto. He's an all-star player, and they trade him off to San Antonio for Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, it is so funny that he's Coach of the Year and he gets fired. <laughs> Incredible, I, mean, I feel like man. people like have... have uh discussed that it's mostly unfair but the fact that he won the highest award you can <laughs> no. win for a coach i think he won it go? didn't he win it like a day or two after he got fired too <laughs> yeah. it was it so was literally, brutal I man think the same week or something all right so let's talk about like you know any of the challenges that you see for the team coming up you know, this coming year. I mean, obviously, we don't know how healthy Kawhi is. We haven't seen the guy. Yeah, we play don't know. We haven't seen him. Be, we haven't seen him be good in a, literally a year. Yeah, he have even like did he have a single good game last year? Even when he was marginally healthy, he, he barely did. I mean, I mean he, he barely played. He barely yeah. played. Um, also, you know, DeRozan was a leader on the Raptors. You know, at yeah. the last few years, and it was you know for the longest time the Toronto Raptors were like an organization. They were a team without an identity, without a face. You know, after Vince Carter left and after Chris Bosh left, they were just like a team in search of like somebody, like a player that wanted to actually be there. And DeRozan was that guy. And it's really unclear to me how excited or enthused Kawhi Leonard is about playing in toronto and you didn't get enthusiasm from <laughs> no no bizarre press conference yeah with that uh with like that twisted alien. laugh yeah no so <laughs> it's unclear to me if he can like galvanize his teammates the fans if he wants to be there and you know last year's team won 59 they had 59 wins so i don't know that they're going to be able to have the same level of success especially with a new coach you know it's going to be no small task but i don't know is there anything Anything that it's gonna you, be tough, man. But if Kawhi is even what he was two years ago, yeah, I mean he's better. He's better than DeRozan in every way, right? Like, like I think it's easy to forget. You know, DeMar DeRozan, a uh, great shooter, scores a lot of points. You know, uh, I guess a leader in the locker room. But in terms of everything else, Kawhi is better. Yes. So I think if he can, I mean, li- literally everything else, and he's and he's the, you know, he's the, the a new face of a franchise. I mean, the bet, you know, top when he's healthy, he's a top five player in the whole league. Yep. So I didn't see it where Demar Derozan may be top twenty. You know, I I feel like that if he can if he can be anywhere close to what he was even two years ago. He's going to play hard because he wants to, even if he's going to leave, he wants to, you know. Yeah, he's he's a competitive athlete. He wants to play So I think he's going to play his hard at. It's just a matter of, you know, does it, you know, do they gel? Obviously all that stuff. Right. Kyle Lowry and him get along. Right, right. But their bench was so good. I I know, man. I think they're going to be at least second, I mean, second place, maybe first place again. 
so like the Celtics, you know, like you, you pointed out, the Raptors are blessed with this just incredible depth off their bench between guys like OG Ananobi. You know, OG Ananobi has the potential to basically one day be the next Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he is, he's got incredible defensive versatility. Um, and, you know, the Raptors, the Raptors under, under Nick Nurse, they're going to shoot a ton of threes. Um, yeah. you know, he, he coached the, uh, the Rio Grande Valley Vipers of the G league, the famed, <laughs> <laughs> the famed oh, Valley yeah, Vipers. Those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, they took 30, 33% of their shots were from three and that was four times anyone else in the G league. So expect wow. the Raptors to take a ton of threes. Um, they're going to have some growing pains, but I think they're going to figure it out. I think you're right. I, th- I, I totally expect them to still be there at the top of the conference. So they're going to run out of starting five of, of Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Serge Ibaka, and Jonas Valanciunas. They have reserves coming off the bench in OG Ananobi, CJ Miles, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet. So I... I've a been, good bench. I like Pascal Siakam. Oh too. man, I love Siakam. I love Siakam. I think. I mean, I think they did great in that trade. Listen, you know, they didn't. To me, for them to be able to acquire Kawhi without giving up Siakam or Ananobi, oh, yeah. to me, is like such a such a win. Right. Yeah, I mean, like uh, it's a mean. It was a mean trade. Oh, but vicious! Man, man. The Raptors got the better end of that stick. Yeah. All right, so that's that's the wraps. Uh, again, this is going to be kind of rapid fire because we have uh, fire, eight, eight teams throughout the conference that uh, we're going to talk about, and then some of the bottom bottom dwellers as well. So let's talk about the Celtics now. The Celtics were the second seed in the the conference last year. They went fifty five and twenty seven. As as a reminder, the Celtics, you know, the Celtics shot seven for thirty nine from three point range in Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals at home versus the Cavaliers. And, you know, had a few more of those gone in, they would have been the first team in eight years to prevent LeBron James from getting to the NBA Finals. So, and and keep in mind, you know, keep in mind that they played the entire playoff run without Kyrie, without Gordon Hayward, and Jason Tatum and and Jalen Brown are only getting, you know, they're a year older, they're a year wiser, a year better. So I think I, I, I really expect them to come in hot and heavy this year. And yeah, any um, any thoughts, immediate thoughts you have about the Celtics, any sort of challenges you, you can anticipate for them? I mean, I mean, that's the team to beat the Warriors, right? If anyone's going to. Yeah. I, just, I just think they also, they don't have, I mean, their pieces are very similar to the Warriors in terms of makeup, right? I mean, yep. it's like just a bunch of like shooting quick, you know, it's, t- I mean, Tatum is Durant, you know, Kyrie is staff with better handles. Right. Like, you know, Jalen Brown is, I guess, a slightly more built Clay Thompson and slightly shittier shooter. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's how I would describe them. Um, but, um, they, you know, they're very similar in how they're made up. So right. I don't know. I don't know. I, I still, you still just can't see anybody being the Warriors, but I still see, uh, I guess I see the Celts as, you know, they're, they're going to be good. They're going to be fun as hell. To they're going to be so fun, man. I mean, I think their biggest challenge is, you know, they're, they're like only- it's a dream made like uh, as in terms of it, like a general manager putting a team together, like that is just, uh, you're just like, yeah, it's, that's a great, that's a fun. 
the yeah, future like yeah man like, the future is so bright for them yeah. that's the thing they're they're just yeah. young they're just going to be keep getting better and they're they have so many interchangeable parts i think the challenge for them frankly is going to be you know there are only so many minutes to go around <laughs> brad stevens is going to have a hard time finding minutes for all these guys to play you know with with gordon yeah. hayward returning Kyrie, you know we forget Kyrie finished the year last year on injured reserve he had surgery yeah. in, uh, in w- his knee or his ankle, whatever it was. And so, um, you know, they're going to have to find time for those guys between, you know, Marcus Morris needs playing time. Marcus Smart just resigned. Terry Rozier had a great end of the year last year. So the Celtics are young. They're deep, uh, obviously super talented. They might have the best coach in the NBA. Um, and they've gotten better. Yeah, Terry, man. I love that Terry Rowe. Love Terry Rozier. Oh, Terry Rozier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I That's mean, a starting point guard on another team. Of course. I think I was surprised, to be honest with you, that a team like Phoenix didn't try to trade for him. Or, you know. They must have, right? I yeah. feel like they must have gotten a ton of calls. Or like the it. Orlando Magic. Or, I don't know. It seems like the Knicks bring in like a new point guard every three months. I was surprised they didn't make an offer. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think they're going to be the presump- I think the Celtics are going to be the presumptive favorite out of the East. Um, and if you know, if they ever get to the finals, if both teams ever get to the finals, the Celtics and the Warriors would have so many interesting challenges and matchups. It would just be uh, super fun. So um, they're starting five real quick: Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Al Horford. They bring Aaron Baines off the bench, Terry Rozier off the bench, Marcus Smart. Um, I think I, I didn't even mention uh, the Morris. One of the Morris boys is in there, so they're a That's fun a good team. team, man. That is a good team. They're very deep. They're going to be good for a while. And, uh, yeah, I'm curious. I, I do expect them to, uh, to, to clinch that number one seed out of the East, but, uh, you're saying them one Toronto two, I think so. And that would lead us to last year's number three seed, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Sixers, man, this is a fun group. So last year they went 52 and 30 and, you know, the Sixers have seen incredible dramatic improvement in their culture and in their winning percentage over the course of the last even two years. I mean, keep in mind, in 2015, 2016, they won 10 games. Ten? <laughs> they won 10 games in 2015-16. They drafted, oh God, they drafted Ben Simmons. Long. They drafted Ben Simmons. He missed the entire year. Okay. Joel Embiid, the next year, Joel Embiid played 31 games in 2016-17. And then last year was the first year Ben Simmons played. They signed J.J. Redick. Embiid managed to stay on the court, and they won 52 games. So they have really had an incredible about face in a very quick window of time. Um, they had a 16-game winning streak last year. They claimed the third seed in the East. They gained a lot of traction and, you know, kind of quickly became one of the darling teams among NBA league pass heads like you and me. Oh, yeah. And, frankly, they just ran into a buzzsaw in the playoffs against Boston. Um, well, and- they also still don't have... I mean, is is on the you know are they saying Simmons is going to run the point again this year? Yes. Or are they putting Fultz at the uh, at the? No, at the Simmons is running point. Simmons is running point. Okay. Yeah, um, they're bringing Fultz off the bench, but I mean, yeah, let's talk about some of the challenges that they have coming into the year. I mean, to me, it seems like. Between they didn't that, really add anybody. They didn't add any parts. That's so the it's thing. They're really banking on faults. You know, they yeah. really are banking on faults. It seems like between guys like 
Simmons and and Robert Covington and B Dario. The Sixers are this big, versatile team. I mean, they are they are huge. Um, I think they ranked third last year in defensive efficiency behind Boston and Utah. But it remains to be seen if they can have you know be as proficient on offense. You know, part of what made them so successful last year was they they kind of had they got very lucky getting um, Marco Bellinelli and. Uh, Ursan Ilyasova off the off the waiver wire, and those two guys were a big part of that 16-game winning streak. And frankly, their role coming off the bench was like, hey, hang out in the corners. You're going to shoot these threes and help us space the floor. And both of those guys have walked into free agency. So I am very curious to see if they can have the same level of success and, you know, it seems like they're counting on, frankly, Markel Fultz having yeah. like picking up hey, some of that slack three, i know yeah, i saw it i saw the corner three the other day yeah i don't know i mean he is like the great mystery you know he is he is the great mystery um so we'll Poor see guy, man. i know I, always, I feel like that is just there is a a movie about that guy's first year in the nba or or some uh, man in like 10 years I know. I think, I mean, it's all psychological, obviously, but I just, there's something, you know, just, just to see, imagine like anytime you go on the court, the amount of scrutiny, like people just, you start dribbling the basketball and like the, you know, the press guys and the crowd just like, <laughs> like incredible. they're officially taking out their phones and then just seeing that like you holding the ball becomes a viral tweet. I mean, just like the amount of scrutiny is like, you know, what is he? 19? He's 19. Yeah. Uh, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it goes without saying, but this, you know, the team, the 76ers, they're only going to go as far, frankly, as their young stars take them. And if they're going to really improve upon last year, they're going to need meaningful contributions from Fultz. You know, he's last year's number one overall pick. And he struggled with his shot, his confidence, like you're talking about. He only played in 14 regular season games last year. He didn't even see the floor in the conference semis. So we need to see if he can develop into a dynamic cog that you know philadelphia imagined when they drafted him number one overall so yeah i mean i think the sixers are a team they're to me like the team with the highest variance you know like the highest the the greatest unknown potential there's certainly a case to be made that they could be even better than last year but there's also a case that you know they got hot at the right time they added a couple key role players and um kind of took the conference by storm but mm-hmm. there's certainly the case to be made also that they're putting a ton of responsibility on like the shoulders, the, you know, potentially injured shoulders of Markel Voltz, um, last year's number one overall pick. And it's, we'll see if he can handle it. The big, big, you know, notable, uh, roster change or, or organizational change, uh, was Brian Colangelo. He resigned in June after an investigation about his <laughs> social media burner accounts that may have been run by his wife. The Sixers drafted Mikael Bridges. They traded him to Phoenix for for Zaire Smith, who then broke his foot in August. The Sixers <laughs> re-signed JJ Sixers Reddick. Sixers love to draft people who get injured. I know, man. That's the way they do it. They also added Wilson Chandler and Mike Muscala um, oh, yeah. via trade, and Elton Brand is the new general manager. So um, I'm excited, man. I'm I'm always, always, always super excited to talk Sixers basketball. I'm very curious to see what this team does. I think Wilson Chandler is going to play well for them. He's kind of a Swiss Army knife, jack of all trades kind of guy. So I'm rooting hard for the Sixers. Uh, you know, Ben Simmons, JJ Reddick. Uh, 
uh, Robert Covington, Dario Saric, Joel Embiid. We love these guys. We root for these guys. And uh, here's to hoping that Markel Fultz is uh, in good shape and ready to go because, um, you know, sky's the limit for that team if he, if he can play. Yeah, man. They'd be fun. I mean, they're always fun to watch. I feel like three to seven in the East is is really up in the air. Totally, you know, I couldn't tell you what any of those seeds. Okay. Would so here we go. Last year's number four seed. I can't imagine that they're going to be the fourth seed this year. But last year's number Basis. four seed was no, the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs oh, finished yeah, fifty out. and thirty-two. So after four consecutive NBA, you know, trips to the NBA Finals, the Cavs. You know, Cavs fans are probably bracing for a rebuild uh, with the departure of LeBron James and free agency. They have handed the keys to rookie Colin Sexton, who will be, you know, kind of the wingman for Kevin Love, who just signed a contract extension. So, you know, I think the biggest challenges for the Cavs, I don't, I don't know anything that comes to mind for you, but the biggest challenges that I see for the Cavs is just... There are going to be a lot of learning moments here, you know, for Colin Sexton. They, the biggest thing for them, I think, is they just need to calibrate their expectations. Frankly, like they're, they're, it's just they're not going to be as good as they've been in the past. Um, I will be curious to see if they can make a, a run at one of the lower playoff seeds. Do you think they can? I don't know. Do you? No. Can, you don't think Absolutely they can be an eighth seed? Not. No. Absolutely not. The Cavs are are. I mean, in the East, I don't know, maybe second or third to last. They've got Kevin wow. Love and Colin Sexton. Who the, who, what, what else do they got? All right, they let me Sexton. make a case. Let me make a case. So, where are you? Where are you? Where would you put them? Okay. Other than that? I mean, I think that they could potentially be the eighth seed. I'm not saying that they no. will, but l- no. l- l- let me let me give you the hard sell. Maybe can <laughs> can can Rodney? Maybe Rodney Hood. Maybe Rodney, <laughs> Rodney Hood, Hood blossoms. Right? Maybe Rodney Hood blossoms now that yeah. LeBron is out of the picture. Um, you know, Seti Osman. You know, maybe he picks <laughs> up the slack. Right? We have key reserves like Jordan Clarkson and J.R. Smith and Larry Nance. Uh, you know, Kevin Love, Kevin Love, if you remember on the Timberwolves just, uh, three, four years ago was averaging 23 points, 13 rebounds a game. Hey, Kevin Love is going to be great. He's going to score 20 and 10 every night again, maybe a little bit more. He's going to be their top scorer. He's going to be like a monster fantasy basketball player, right? Is that, is that what's going to happen here? He's going to be like a monster fantasy player and it's going to be a terrible team. Kevin Love jumped around in fantasy basketball for sure. Okay. But, um, but also, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't had that role in whatever, however many years now. So I do wonder if he even remembers how to be the number one option on the team, but I, you got to imagine that, they're just going to keep dishing it to him and he's going to, you know, he's it. He's, I mean, Rodney Hood, I guess, has been, you know, they've been threatening that he's going to be better each year. And he just every time, you know, you see him, you're like, yeah, maybe. But he just yeah, I don't I don't know. Know. maybe I don't trust him to get better. Maybe if, the, if I, I feel like Rodney Hood is one of those guys that can't really do well in the spotlight. But if they're kind of lower expectations, he might be able to surprise us. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to remain optimistic for my Cav fan friends, but we'll we'll see. Maybe they hang in there, fight for an eighth seed. Think, I don't think they're in the playoffs, though. I can't, I can't, I can't. All right. I wouldn't wouldn't put any money on that. Then let's talk about last year's fifth seed, the Indiana Pacers. Last year they went 48 and 34. After moving on and trading off Paul George last year, this team was led by Victor Oladipo, and the Pacers were basically, you know, they were like the Cinderella story of the NBA last year. They finished fifth in the East. This year, though, I got to say, they're not going to be sneaking up on anyone. You know, like people are going to be ready for the Pacers. They're not going to take them lightly. 
I don't know, man. What what are your feelings about Indiana? Do you think that they can can they contend again for a fourth or a fifth seed, or is this a fringe playoff team? Do you expect them to regress? They looked good, man. They looked good in the playoffs last year, yeah. even when Cleveland was expecting them. Man, they gave they gave LeBron a run. They were they gave him a better run than Toronto. Did. I totally agree. And and they added one of my fave secret players in Tyreek Evans. Tyreek Evans to anchor that bench. That's right. That, that dude is helpful. That's right. Uh, and I feel like that's a huge, great addition for them. So, and yeah, they, they added Tyreek Evans. They drafted Aaron Holiday. They, um, you know, Tyreek Evans is like the consummate uh, bench scorer, proven sixth man kind of guy. They signed Doug McDermott and Kylo Quinn. They also extended their coach, Nate McMillan. How uh, many teams has uh, Dougie Buckets been on? These, I think he's uh, played. I think he's played for four teams in four years. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, uh, Oladipo was last year's most improved player. Um, you know, but he still has his doubters and, and basically he needs to prove that last year wasn't a fluke and that, you know, the best is still to come for the Pacers and NBA writers, people love to rave about the culture and the chemistry with, with the Pacers, their selflessness. So it's going to be an uphill battle for the team, I think, to improve upon 48 wins. But I love this squad, man. Yeah. You know, they don't drop out of the playoffs. They, I could, I mean, they're definitely going to grab the fourth, fifth or sixth seed. I think they're just a gritty team. Darren Collison, Oladipo, Miles Turner, uh, Bogdanovich, Thad Young, Demonta Sabonis, Tyreek Evans, Corey Joseph, fun group. Yeah, man, that's a good team. All right, last year's sixth seed was the Miami Heat. They were they were forty four and thirty eight. You know, the skinny on this team was like, I think the Heat are just like very much a team in transition. You know, and and it's hard to talk really for me too. It's hard to talk too concretely about the group because. You keep hearing all these Jimmy Butler rumors and, you know, it's right. get, it's getting louder and louder. So it's hard to s- evaluate or, or talk too definitively about the Miami Heat because we don't really know who's still going to be there. That being said, we do know it's Dwayne Wade. It's the Dwayne Wade farewell tour. He's giving it one last go with the team that drafted him before he retires. You know, Miami was seventh in defensive efficiency last year. They're a team of, you know, these like faceless, thankless Swiss Army knife type guys who can cover yep. uh, cover multiple positions, and I think, man, if they can keep that core intact, if they can find a way to keep the the core intact and add an offensive centerpiece, a creator, a focal point, whether it's Jimmy Butler or whether you know next off season they add someone like Kawhi or whoever it is, they could be a really dangerous team. Um, give them like you know you give them you give Miami now like Kemba or like sure. Lillard or or like one just one of those like great shooting guards that yeah. are just like I mean I feel like that because that's a team right now like yeah it's it's all it's a bunch of third options on right. the team you know right it's like I feel like I feel like everyone on Miami is Justice Winslow it's like they're all Justice it's, Winslow it's they're just, all just like you can't tell Justice me Winslow like, James Richardson, James Johnson Justin, Josh Richardson yeah, they're like all the, they're all the same person you know faceless <laughs> dude yes yeah. yes yeah and Dwayne, they won't trade Josh Richardson for Jimmy Butler I love it <laughs> I love or I guess that. apparently the new report says they were willing to trade him but then Timberwolves wanted more after that or some I don't know I don't know man I mean the Heat might be the best you know like most gritty underdog team in the Eastern Conference Josh Richardson is you know, he's underrated he's a versatile two-way player last year he started 81 games 
I mean, he does all the dirty work. He opposes, you know, he guards the opposing team's best perimeter player every night. Um, he's just a grit and grind kind of player. He's developing a nice shot. I like this squad a lot. It kind of pains me to admit that as a Nick fan, but um, the the Miami yeah. Heat are a lot of fun. So um, we will keep an eye on them. So yeah. last year, the seventh seed was the Milwaukee Bucks. They were 44 and 38. You know, last year was like a tumultuous year for the Bucks. They had these really high expectations. They were the, yeah, and there was just this constant feuding between people in the organization and Jason Kidd. He was eventually fired as head coach and replaced with the interim Joe Prunty. They finished seventh in the East and lost to Boston in the first round. And, you know, despite a really incredible statistical campaign from Giannis Antetokounmpo, they, they were still bounced in the first round. They uh, since hired Mike Budenholzer away from the Hawks, and they have a new arena, and they, they brought in a couple key three-point shooting role players. So we'll see. What do you think about the odds for, for the Milwaukee Bucks? Can they improve upon seventh seed, the seventh seed in the East? 100%. Bucks, Bucks move up. A, a, a slot or two in the in the east i think i mean i just think purely on the on on Giannis just gonna he's gonna be even better this year and he's already insanely good and everybody just thinks you know that you ask like that gm poll had him like yeah. if you were gonna create right. a team who would you most want over anyone in the nba and they, and they all, all said Giannis. yeah so i just feel like he and is that you know apparently in preseason he's been shooting more you know lot like shooting uh, uh longer twos he's yeah. got mid-range is a little bit better I mean, he's only getting better, and he was insanely good last year. I feel like purely on adrenaline of Giannis, they're gonna at least move up two, three slots. But they're gonna, but they're gonna be better this year. I, think. I mean, he has these gaudy stat lines. He's gonna be an MVP candidate. I would, I would imagine the key to to his success and the team's success is rooted in the long ball, man. If Budenholzer and the yeah. Bucks can continue to create space. And Giannis can continue to develop a reliable outside jumper. The sky's the limit. Um, But the other, you know, the other angle here for me with the Bucks is like the clock is ticking, frankly. I mean, like Giannis is he's on year two of a four year contract and Mm -hmm. and Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton could hit free agency next summer. And Milwaukee needs to like do something. They they need to win games. I mean, I I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself in in saying that, but like, I I need to see the Bucks do something here. And um, yeah, this is this is their year. They got to get substantially better, or else because nobody seems to want to go there in free agency anyway. Right. So right. 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 To do that, you got to get uh, at least a decent chunk better than you were last year. But I think they will. I think. I mean, I I, I think they're going to be. I think they sort of lowered expectations last year and they right. had all that coaching problem. And then, yeah. You know, the coaching just, thing they, was a disaster. They, they added Bledsoe and Bledsoe had a weird year. Yeah. You know, I feel like if he gets a little bit better, you know, and, they also, and he goes back to what he was, I feel like they can be, I feel they, like they, they can drafted this guy, Dante DiVincenzo out of Villanova. He hit 40% of his, his three-pointers in college. So, I mean, they, they brought in Ursan Ilyasova. They brought him back in. They they brought in Brooke Lopez. All these guys are spacers. You know, they're, they're three-point shooters. Brooke Lopez has kind of, like, remade his game. You know, is shooting from outside. So, if they can create space for Giannis on the floor, again, sky's the limit. Um, we, uh, we will watch with great curiosity uh, 
with the for the Bucks. Um, lastly, let's talk uh, about the last year's eighth seed, the Washington Wizards. So they went forty three and thirty nine, and you know the Wizards. What a weird team, man! Just weird. A weird team, yeah. Tell me why you said they got to trade. They got to do something big. They got to. They got to. They got to deal wall. Try a couple right. things. I. I would. I would. I would go. I would. I would maybe go. At, I would maybe tank if I were because no one's. No one's coming. Does no it feel coming. like? Does it feel it's like they weird, all hate each other or something? It just. It there feels like, like weird. Weird energy they don't over have there. Any chemistry on the court. It's, it doesn't seem like they're having fun really. And they should <laughs> be. Like they're way too talented yeah. to be hating each other that much. Markeith Morris got ejected from the first preseason game. Did he really? <laughs> yeah. Man, it just feels like for the level of talent that they have and the conference that yeah. they're in, you know, with LeBron out of the conference now, time is of the essence. This is a team that has chronically disappointed the last few years. And again, like with LeBron gone, they're an upgraded veteran roster. There are no more excuses for, for Beal and for Wall. This team has to do something. Um, they added in the off season, they added, um, Dwight, they added Austin rivers. They also added Jeff green. They're a very much a veteran group and they have to do better than the eighth seed or I'm with you, man. If, if, if they can't, if they can't get beyond the seventh or eighth seed, then they should think about breaking the group up because they're too talented and the, you know, it's just a weird mix. Um, I, w- I would trade John wall for sure. Cause you I, would. I, yeah, I think I'd trade him for picks and, you know... If you had to choose between or... Wall and Beal, you would keep Beal? Yeah, yeah. John Wall seems like he's the he seems to be the problem that everybody has. Yeah. With, uh, you know, he seems to tear that team apart. I, you know, he seems like a guy who doesn't... He just hasn't been able to get his shit together. I mean, you know, Marcin Gortat would totally agree with you, man. I mean, Mar- yeah. Marcin Gortat's got your back. Because <laughs> now he's a clippy. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. Hey, listen, before you go, I know, I know you got stuff to do there real quick. So the nine through 15th, uh, seeds last year were the Pistons, the Hornets, the Knicks, the Nets, the Bulls, the Magic, and the Hawks. Can you make a case for any of those teams jumping up and nabbing one of the lower rung playoff seeds? Do you, is it going to grab that eighth seed? The Bulls going to grab the Bulls, Chicago bees going to swing in. Wow. Okay. Can can you make a quick case for me? Give me the recipe for for the Bulls to have success this year. Because if every when they were on for like those little brief stretches, Mm -hmm. and they were you know didn't they? I think they beat the Warriors. They beat like crazy teams. They were just they were on fire for like weeks. And if they if 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 they can gel like that again, and everybody gets like twenty five percent better, if marketing gets a little bit better if Levine is back to what he was before he was hurt. Yeah. If Chris Dunn gets a little bit better because he was looking really good by the end of the year. Right. If Wendell Carter, who looked oh, great man. in summer league, we saw him we in loved, summer league. We he loved looked, Wendell. Oh, dude, he looked great. You know, their 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 bench is okay. They do you like Jabari? Do you like Jabari Parker? Do you like Jabari Parker? I think Jabari Parker hasn't been for what you know. He was hurt so much. Again, it's just there's all these unknowns. Hard to know what he is. Gets a little bit better. And they're a fun young team and they go on a few stretches and win, you know, a chunk of games. And then maybe they have a few like super off nights, which they will. I mean, out of all those teams, Mm -hmm. none of them seem 
exciting to me at all except the Bulls. So I'm putting pulling them to put, okay. put them up. So you're removing the Cavs from the playoff picture the and sliding the Bulls, the Bulls in. in the yeah. Great. Wow. I love it. All right. Hot take. Lucas, thank you very much. Have a good night. I will talk to you Chris, real soon. My pleasure. Hope the Knicks get better soon. Love <laughs> the Chris stop. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, right, bye. All right, that was a conversation with Lucas Kavner. Lucas, thank you very much. My name's Chris Mundelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at onthelinepod underscore pod. I'm on Instagram. Send me any of your uh, NBA hot takes, your questions to onthelinepod at gmail.com. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show on iTunes, wherever you get podcasts. Guys, the NBA season is right around the corner. Ah! Enjoy the rest of the NBA offseason, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah.